Welcome back to Spiritual Directors Talking About Stuff. Today, we had a great conversation with Jen McMillan about women in ministry in the church. And you came across or met Jen somehow in one of your jobs, right? Yeah, I'm a freelancer in production, and a lot of the events that I work are in churches, um, especially around the Atlanta area. I had worked some events for Jen in the past, but the day that I actually reached out to her to be on our podcast, she was being interviewed by another female pastor on staff for Women's History Month um, at the church where they both work. And uh, I was just so uh, enthralled by the conversation that they had. And so I asked her to be on the podcast and she was just really excited to do it. And, and there's actually been quite a lot of news around women in ministry since we recorded this podcast back in March. Yeah. You know, I guess the biggest news that came first since we recorded it was Beth Moore, who is a giant name within the church. She decided she was no longer going to be affiliated with the Southern Baptist Convention. That was huge. You know, like I said, Beth, Beth Moore has been, she's been developing Bible studies and all kinds of curriculum for the Southern Baptist Convention for decades. For her to, to decide that she could no longer be part of that was really big. And then just within the last week, Saddleback Church, which is Rick Warren's church in California, just ordained three women. And that was sort of kind of in defiance of the current position of the Southern Baptist Church also. And since then, there's been all kinds of men in the Southern Baptist Convention coming out with blog posts, uh, you know, the leaders of their seminaries or the actual president of the, of the convention came out with all kinds of statements about how that's, you know, in defiance of the church's doctrine and, of course, the Bible. But so it's, it's, it's caused a lot of ripples. And so this particular conversation with Jen was timely. Yeah, and it was so great to hear her story and to get to know her a little bit better. So Maggie, if you had to pick one takeaway, what would it be? Is this the too long, don't read part of our podcast? <laughs> right. uh, no, but we encourage you to stick with it and listen to the whole thing. <laughs> it, it really is a wonderful conversation. And I would say that my takeaway is really more, it's not that it's new information, but it's really just a reinforcement of what I already believed and knew is that every single person has a part to play in the realm of God and that women are not excluded. So again, it's just more of a reinforcement of what I already had processed through and, and believed. And I, th I, th I think for me, the uh, takeaway was, you know, that she had to kind of go on a theological journey to, to get to where she was comfortable being in ministry in the church. And then in the, some of the churches that she was a part of growing up, and that she uh, worked in even after seminary, they also kind of had to go on a journey of, um, you know, questioning and, and reassessing their theological positions. We talk about this a lot, I think, on this podcast, how trust that God will bring people on the journey at the right place and time and, and pace. And so I really enjoyed hearing how that journey progressed for her. And the journey that the churches went on were because of who she is, that her presence and her light in the churches was enough for them to start the conversation. And uh, so I just think that showing up and being present just really matters. It's not about stuffing beliefs down anyone's throat, but just living a loving and kind life. That is proof that when, when your experience starts to rub up against your beliefs, you have to make a choice. You know, are you going to stick with your beliefs and just be you know, rigid and dogmatic, or are you going to, to decide, well, you know, my experience is not lining up, so maybe my experience is, is right here. So anyway, that's enough of us talking about it. We, we want to just let you listen to the interview. I hope you enjoy it. Today we have with us my friend Jen McMillan, who is the Family Ministry Director at Buckhead Church, which is one of eight campuses under the umbrella of North Point Ministries in Atlanta. So Family Ministry Director is a really big role. She oversees the environments within the church all the way from birth through high school, so from zero to age 18, which is incredible. We're going to hear all about that today. Um, and just a quick background on Jen, she has been in full-time ministry for 18 years, and the last 14 years have been uh, within North Point at a couple different campuses. 
Um, she got her undergrad and her seminary degree um, at Abilene Christian University in Texas. And she's married to David. They've been married for eight years and they have three adorable kids, ages seven, five, and two. That's right. Yeah. We are so excited to have you with us today, Jen. Thanks, Maggie. Glad to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Very glad to have you. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. So uh, um, I reached out to you uh, because I, just by God's grace, I just happened to be uh, <laughs> working a gig at Buckhead Church when mm -hmm. it was a staff meeting. Um, I got to run camera, which is like a super nerdy thing that I get to do. But um, so I was running camera and it was the end of National Women's Month and uh, you were interviewed by another female pastor on staff talking about your journey uh, in leadership within the church. Mm -hmm. And I immediately texted Chris, I think it was like still during the staff meeting. And I said, hey, we should do a women in leadership, you know, podcast. And he was like, I was just talking to my wife about that. And so uh, yeah, it was just all, it feels like it was just totally meant to be. And so here we are, here we get we to, are. yeah, we get to talk about your journey. Um, so, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Jen, um, uh, a little bit about, you know, as around North point, they talk about your story all the mm -hmm. time. So yeah. tell us, um, tell us about that. Yeah. Well, Hey, you guys, I'm so happy to be here with you today. And yeah, I, I am honored to get to have the opportunity to share a little bit of my story. And I hope that Something in my story connects with someone who's listening to this, because I know each of us have unique stories, but God is at work within all of them. And so um, my story, I guess it began, um, I grew up in Texas, Texas born and raised, um, and church was always a big, big part of my family's life. Um, my dad was a deacon at the church. Uh, women in leadership, which we'll talk about, was not as much a thing in my church, but my mom would have been in all the leadership and basically was. She just didn't have the titles or the names, you know, but um, just very, very involved kind of family. And um, from a really young age, I just feel like I, I've talked with people about it before and I'm like, I don't know how else to explain it, except that I just had a heart that was drawn to Jesus, you know, and I just feel so fortunate for that because it's nothing that I did or earned or something that I should be, you know, receive any praise for. It literally was just who God made me to be and how I was wired. So always really curious about him, always really wanted to know him better. Um, and, you know, kind of just soaked up uh, learning in church and was always a little bit of an old soul. Like I always loved to talk to grownups and adults about, about things and would ask lots of questions about faith. And so I think because of that, uh, I've I feel like I, I processed in my teenage years through a lot of questions, um, sometimes doubts about faith, but um, just had a really good anchor in Jesus, which was fantastic. Um, so I always felt a lot of support from my family about my faith as well. I feel like my parents modeled it really well and, and just encouraged my curiosity and encouraged my questions and all of that, which was so great. And then by about middle of my you know, high school years, I really started thinking seriously about ministry and um, sort of felt like there was a calling there that I didn't quite know what to do with, but started to sense it then at a, at a pretty young age. So that was, that was exciting, but also really a little bit confusing, honestly. Um, I grew up in a denomination that was uh, wonderful, and I'm really grateful for my upbringing. Um, there's a dedication to the word that is just very real, and, and but it leans more towards the academic side a lot of times and a pretty literal interpretation of scripture often. And so women in ministry was something that was not really encouraged in the circles that I ran in very much. And so as a teenage girl feeling this pull to ministry, I just for one, didn't really have any, you know, role models or very many women that I could look to. Also, I just, you know, I had my own questions about it because it's like, I feel this call, Lord, but I read these scriptures too. And what do I do with all of that? You know? And so there were several years in there with just a lot of processing and doubt and questions and trying to figure out where to go next, I guess. Um. Can you tell us a little bit about like what were some of the questions that that came up for you? What did you notice in in the difference between, you know, what the scriptures were telling you and mm -hmm. uh, or what your church was telling you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think 
some of the questions was just like, it started with sort of some identity questions, honestly. You know, it was like, I know that you're telling me I'm a child of God. You're telling me I'm created in his image. But because I'm female, that means that God can't use me. Like that was kind of the message that I feel like I heard. And the, um, the challenge that I feel like I had to work through a little bit. Um, and it, it kind of traveled with me even as I got into ministry. Uh, but I, you know, I, I oftentimes felt this sort of disconnect between like who I feel like God had created me to be and these, these limitations that I <clears throat> felt because of my gender, regardless of whether or not they were self-imposed or, you know, told to me specifically by what other people shared with me, or even just my own reading of scripture. It was something that I just really, really had to spend a lot of years wrestling through and, um, and trying to figure out and, and even, even just trying to ultimately take that to the Lord over and over and say, what do you want for my life? You know, and he's faithful. So he has led me through that whole journey and I'm grateful for it. Um, but there were challenging, challenging years in there for sure. Um, I wonder, Jen, um, if you have any, any thoughts on, um, obviously you wrestled with it and you came to a point where you were open and willing to enter ministry in, in the Christian church. And what do you think is the difference between, um, women who may feel that and wrestle with it and then decide, well, I just can't do it because this is what the Bible says versus someone like you who comes to terms with it and says, okay, I can do this. I mean, I I think that so much of this is everyone's own unique story. And, but at the end of the day, ministry happens all around us, whether we are in a, you know, position of full-time paid, you know, ministry where that is like your job title and it's what you wake up and do from eight to five Sunday through Thursday. Or if you find yourself in ministry in all other types of um, situations with nonprofits and just personal relationships and family connections. And I mean, ministry, we all know happens everywhere. So I I think that for each person, it's something to to wrestle through and to think about for themselves. For me personally, I know know the thing that that kept, kept me going and kept me moving forward was that I just couldn't shake my calling. I mean, it just felt like it like traveled with me everywhere that I went. And I saw time after time how there were just opportunities that doors would open, um, even little things like in my youth group, you know, where it's like, oh, you know, guys don't want to sing, but I had an average voice and was fine to lead worship, you know, mm-hmm. and and I got that opportunity from time to time. And or, you know, uh somebody, the youth pastor would ask, like, does any, you know, does anybody have questions? Anybody have thoughts about this? I mean, I just was always very open and had the opportunity to share. And eventually, you know, they'd let me occasionally like share a devotional thought in youth group or something, you know, I mean, like doors just kind of kept opening. And, and I found myself even with my peers at school being one of the not that I had it all together in high school, for sure. Um, I definitely still had my own like, challenges and was working through like, you know, how do you live the life of a Christian and all of that kind of stuff. But, um, but I just consistently found myself in a position where friends would seek me out for wise counsel and would want to talk about things related to faith. And they would bring their own questions and doubts and their own shame. And like, as they're trying to process through things. So I just found myself over and over in places where it's like, whether I had figured it all out or dealt with, you know, what I'd been taught and, you know, uh, ministry kept coming to me. And Mm -hmm. so, um, so the more that I just leaned that direction and just said, yes, I feel like over time, then all of the things that I had learned that I had to unlearn or deconstruct, I guess you could say, um, you know, I, I just kept saying yes to the opportunities God put in front of me. And over time, that journey um, led me to where I am today, where it was it was easy to say yes to the to the bigger roles, to the to the OK, maybe it's time to consider full time ministry and mm-hmm. and all of that. So it was definitely a, a journey and a process for me, but one that for me personally, I just could never shake my calling. 
So you had this calling, you knew from an early age that you wanted to be in ministry and mm-hmm. to, to love people mm-hmm. well. What, you know, how, what was that like for you to, to kind of open up and tell people, you know, that, that you wanted mm-hmm. to do this? Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, it's so fun to think back to these early years because to honestly, like to consider where I am today, it's just like, God, you are you're just so faithful. But early on, I can remember there were there were like a few, you know, kind of pivotal circumstances, I guess, that that happened in my in my early years where I can remember going to my parents first and saying, hey, I I don't know what this is, but I, I think that I want to go into ministry. And I think as I was as I was getting closer to my college time, you know, I was like, I think that I need to go to a school where I can get a degree in some type of ministry and just really pursue that. And um, I can remember my parents being, honestly, I don't think they were surprised because they just knew me so well. Um, I do remember my dad saying, I'm just concerned that you're gonna care too much and care and and just be burdened for people all the time. Because <laughs> I just I just wore, I just carried things for people. I've learned to set many more boundaries in my life now. I'm at a healthier place, but back in that day, um, he was concerned for my well-being, but my parents were like, but that makes so much sense because we know who you are and, and how you're wired. So I felt like I had overall encouragement and support from them, but, but they also knew that like, okay, but the road might look different than what you think, or you might face certain challenges. I think they were kind of prepared for that. So one of the, the first like major, uh, roadblocks, I guess, that I felt at that age was I went to, I went to the same summer camp um, my whole life growing up and loved it. And it was always a great time to just connect with Jesus and all that kind of stuff. And I guess it was my senior year. I went to camp and had, we would have a camp counselor and then we had like, you know, teachers essentially that would come in and like do our Bible studies and stuff. Not, not school teachers, but just people that would come and teach us about the Lord. And um, so I remember getting the courage to share with one of them that I felt like God was really calling me into ministry. And mind you, we're like, we're in a different state at a summer camp away from our homes, our normal environment. And I share this with them and it they immediately were like, yeah, cool thought, but that's not something that you're allowed to do in the church. So you might want to rethink that. Mm. which I was just like, what? I mean, you know, that was one of the most direct times someone had said to me, you're not allowed to do that in the church. And um, and literally like later that day or the next morning, I don't even know what, they came to me and I don't know how they had like their biblical commentaries with them. This was before <laughs> the day and age of like, do a quick Google search. I mean, this was like 25 years ago or something. And they had photocopied pages from like commentaries from first Corinthians and second Timothy, you know, like the passages we all know about women in ministry and gave them to me. And this commentary was basically just like this diatribe about how God can't, won't, will not use women in ministry. You're not allowed to speak. Go ahead and put that head covering back on, you know, like (laughs) all those kinds of, of things. And, um, and I just remember getting it and just being so crushed and being like, okay, so this is not a safe place to talk about uh, what I feel like God is doing in my life and in my heart and all of that. And so um, that's probably the most direct that anyone ever said that to me. But even as I prepared to go um, to college and prepared to to get uh, my degree in ministry, there, I mean, there's just a lot of examples of people either just not understanding it or um, questioning, like questioning if I had done enough study and research to move forward, you know, like Mm -hmm. how, how could you say that this is what you want to do? Like, aren't you reading the same Bible I'm reading kind of thing? Um, and so just a lot and, and, you know, they're, they're, they weren't ill meaning people, you know, um, but they just, it was just a new category for them that was uncomfortable to, think about or discuss. And um, so I got to be on the side of experiencing that unfiltered early 
you know, as they were processing through it themselves too. So <laughs> that is very gracious of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you uh, said that you knew immediately that that was not a safe place for you to mm-hmm. share this. Mm-hmm. What, what, how did you find a safe place safe or what people. did that look like for you? Yeah. Well, again, God is just really faithful. And so um, I, I feel like I found my safe people and a few of them actually were from my church. So, uh, the university that I went to where I got my ministry degree, um, it just so happened that several of the Bible, um, faculty attended my same church. And so most of them had seen me grow up and all of that kind of thing. And so there were just a handful, honestly, of my male professors that I went to them as I was starting college and were they came to me both. I mean, at that point they were really affirming and just said, Hey, we don't have a lot of women in our department or in our program, but I mean, they just knew me and my family really well. And so they, they were very affirming and inviting me in. Um, and so I got to be, you know, I wasn't, I sure wasn't the first woman, um, to go through those programs, but there were not a lot of us. And, but I, I received affirmation from them. Um, I had affirmation from my parents again, from some of my you know close friends that just knew me. Um, I just found my safe people. And eventually I found another female role model in ministry that I could finally look to. And it's funny because she, um, she wasn't even pursuing a degree in ministry, but she wanted to just serve with our youth group. And she was the first woman that wasn't like the youth youth pastor's wife that kind of had to be there, you know? And she was just the first woman that I'd ever seen voluntarily be like, I want to help lead our students. And she just served with her time. And and I just immediately latched onto her. I'm like, how are you doing this? <laughs> what got you here, you know? And, um, and she and I just really clicked. And um, so I'm grateful that I had that um, early example of someone who even, you know, again, without the title, without being paid for it, just said, this is what I want to do and how I want to serve the Lord. And mm-hmm. and so that was really helpful and inspiring too. It's really cool that that you mentioned that about finding safe people in the seminary professors. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just finished reading um, Brian McLaren's new book, Faith After Doubt. And he talks about that in, in, in his book, how there's such a disconnect between the academy and the mm-hmm. local church, you know, yeah. and people are going through seminary learning about these new ideas that, you know, seminary professors are studying and they're, they're doing historical research and learning new things, mm-hmm. but then they get out in, into the, the local church and they realize I can't talk about this kind of stuff or it's going to get me fired, you know? And so there's, there's such a disconnect there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you experienced that what they were telling you was not what your pastor was saying, you know? Yep. Yep. That's right. And it, it is an interesting disconnect. And I think the world of academia can, can at times, you know, if you're not careful, lean so much to the direction of theology and that you kind of miss on, miss on the people side and the ministry and getting down in the dirt and, you know, the mess of life. But on the flip side, I have found it to be a place where ideas and questions and and differing opinions, you know, that you can you can live together and coexist and mm-hmm, share mm-hmm. share those types of things, which is a real gift. So, Jen, you mentioned that you had support from your seminary professors and your parents. Uh, was that the same for the other students? You know, being one of, mm-hmm. I imagine, not that many females in your classes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was an interesting road to walk, um, mo- mostly positive, but uh, what was really fun was that when I began my degree, my freshman year of college, there were two other girls that were in the program with me. And so they both came from other cities. I'd never met them before, but we just immediately formed fast bonds and were roommates down the road. And it was just fantastic. Um, so it kind of felt like I had this posse of like, these are, these are my safe people. You know, I've got my girlfriends that I'm doing this with, and we're sitting in these classes with, you know, I mean, the ratio was like, you know, 
one to 15, you know, female to male kind of thing. I mean, it was, um, we were definitely kind of in the minority in those rooms. Um, and there were, you know, 18 year old boys are not the most like, um, savvy on how to talk to girls anyway, but then throw in like just a bit of, you know, spiritual elitism or whatever you want to call it. But they, you know, there were definitely some, some moments that honestly, I laugh about them now. And in the moment, my girlfriends and I would get together and just like rant about our (laughs) frustration and anger. But, you know, times that I can remember one guy saying to me, are you just in this program because you're trying to find a husband, you know, and things like that. Like the only reason that I would take these classes is so that I could find some pastor to marry, you know, I mean, something silly, silly things like that. And, and um, really more than that, I think that they, it didn't take too long for the the three of us, me and my two friends um, to kind of, I mean, we stood out, we were sharp women, you know, that, that loved the Lord. And so it, I think we brought a lot to that environment and our professors acknowledged it. And, um, and the guys that were with us, I think, I think then, you know, some of them tended to kind of back off and be like, Oh, they actually kind of really know what they're talking about here. Um, but for the most part, it was great to be in that environment. And again, one of those things, like, I just can't escape my calling. It was like that, those were the classes that I came alive, you know, like that was what I enjoyed most and what I wanted to spend my time talking about and thinking about and all that kind of stuff. So there were, there was more affirmation than, um, than challenge, I would say, but, but then, you know, it, it got kind of weird too, because then, because then you were one of a very few in your circles. And so then when you do hit bumps or you do struggle in some area, you do wonder like, is this okay? And so I definitely had some of that in college um, and had some like life circumstances that were just really challenging. Um, Had a medical diagnosis that like threw me on my tail and I was, you know, questioning like, okay, God, what, you know, what's this about? Mm -hmm. But again, being, being young, as you hit those, you know, those early challenges in life, your faith just grows from it, you know, and, and you learn to absorb those bumps and take them to the Lord. But in the early stages, it can feel like, you know, am I losing my faith? Is that okay? Is it you know, can I be honest with God about these things? And, and so I experienced a little bit of that in college as well, that I think ultimately made me better prepared to serve others and minister to people, but in the moment could be a little bit disorienting, you know. Did you ever feel ganged up on or like, you know, you were, there were so many men there, did you ever feel like they were, you know, all against you in, in your pursuit to uh, a call to ministry? I don't know if I'd use the term ganged up on. I think there were times that I felt excluded okay, and times that I felt like the door is not open to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all of the positive things that happened and the, I mean, I did get my degree, but it was interesting how like the guys all had to take some preaching courses and we were not allowed to you know? And so that was like, they had to, I'm like, so you're altering my like course requirements because I'm female. Okay. Um, but I just remember feeling, you know, like there were definitely things that I was excluded from. Um, and there were just things that I feel like I had to work a little bit harder to earn, you know, or, or prove myself a little bit more before I was given an opportunity. So, you know, Um, Some of my male cohorts would have, you know, would be invited to speak at a chapel service and they could bomb and it was still okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I, you know, wasn't going to be afforded that opportunity, you know, and that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, it was, I don't know if I'd say I felt ganged up on because again, I don't, I'd never felt like people were overly, like it wasn't malicious in their, uh, resistance to me in ministry, I think it was honestly just frightening. And it was a category that they did not know how to, they didn't know what to do with. And so I just presented a a challenge of thought and that they just hadn't 
hadn't processed through for themselves at that point. Yeah, that's that's really interesting that you bring up fear as um, mm-hmm. you know one of the one of the parts of pieces of resistance. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think that fear is rooted in? I mean, I'm sure it's different for a lot of people, but I think any time that we are faced with something that we are uncertain about, and particularly depending on where your faith is, if everything is black and white or right and wrong, then it has to fit into one of those categories. And so if you've been raised to think this is right or this is wrong, but someone who you know and kind of like and respect is now challenging that category or that assumption, a lot of times I think the first response can be fear because because it's challenging. It could undo the structure that you've built of your worldview, of your um, view of God. I mean, it, it can it can challenge a lot of the assumptions that you've been holding. Mm-hmm. And some people are willing to look at those and, and wrestle with them. And, and for some, it's it's just a hard thing to do. And they're not quite ready to wrestle with all of that. Yeah, there's a phrase that I, I don't even remember where I heard it or read it, but it, it comes, it's applies it's kind of universally. It's that you can't answer a question that someone's not asking. And and that, I've seen that so many different places, you know, that if, if they're not ready to ask the question, then they're certainly not going to hear the answer. And I think particularly in my denomination, I grew up in the Church of Christ, and this was one of those topics that was just a hot button, you know? I mean, I feel like you know, 20 years before that, it was divorce. 20 years ago, when I was in the phase of life that we're talking about currently, it was women in ministry. And I don't think that's totally gone away. But, you know, today it's it's plenty of other things. It's race and LGBTQ community. And like, you know, there's just it. I think that those types of things follow us throughout history. And it's just you know, depending on the time that you're living, it's what, which one, you know, is most prominent at that time. But, but I I think that the same holds true with all of it, that, that you can either decide to, to talk about it and explore it and, and build relationships and get to know people and have hard conversations, or you can put up walls to protect yourself and keep your worldview in the same safe place that it currently is. And, 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 and I've been in that place before too. I'm not trying to knock people that, that find themselves there. Um, got a lot of grace for that. And I, I'm still there in, in some ways, you know? And so I just think that, that if I've learned anything about my journey in ministry, it's that no matter where you come out at the end of it, I, I think that there is value in the discomfort and value in taking the time to really explore your own your own assumptions and your own beliefs and trying to figure out where they come from and are they really from the Lord or from man-made mm-hmm. things. And that's risky to explore, yeah. but worth it on the other side of it. It's interesting the um because I know with the middle school age here within mm-hmm. North Point Ministries, the tagline is as it discovering a faith of your own. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, so, uh, you know, starting early to, uh, to create that space for, mm-hmm. for middle school kids to say, what do I believe about these things? Yep. What do, uh, you know, do I believe this because my parents believe it? Do I believe it because like I truly believe it or the church told me mm-hmm. or yep. whatever. And, and that's kind of, I think what Chris and I would kind of define what deconstruction is. Hmm. And uh, yes, you, you may, end up believing the same thing that your parents believe yeah, or, right. you know, what your, uh, you know, what your fellow male students in mm-hmm. undergrad mm-hmm. believe or push up against. Um, but that is your own unique journey. Yeah. Jen, I'm sure that your discomfort in sitting with people that may or may not have agreed with you being mm-hmm. a pastor and being in ministry, mm-hmm. I'm sure that didn't end in undergrad. No. Um, and I know that you, uh, you have been at North Point for 14 years. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, what were the years before that like? Yeah. So I um, 
As I went through my college years, I was able to find churches where I could intern during the summer months. They were like willing to bring on a female intern. And so I got to have some great like early exposure to just actual ministry then. Um, but then I was getting close to graduation and I was like, okay, Lord, this is where rubber meets the road. Like, am I going to be able to do this full time? Like, is this actually going to pay to put like a roof and four walls around me or, or not? And honestly, I was... I mean, I was hoping that he would provide that, but I was so sure of my calling then that it was like, okay, if I have to work at Starbucks and be the volunteer that they can't get to leave the building on a Sunday, then that's fine. I will do that. Um, but thankfully he opened a door. So I, um, I got hired to be, well, it started out as a year long internship. So that was something, at least it was a year and um, invited me to come and work in a youth ministry um, down at a church in Houston, Texas. And um, at that point, they had never had a female um, be on their youth ministry staff. And again, I think I, what's so funny is I feel like I got to be the person that a lot of different places and churches got to kind of test the waters of how do we feel about women in ministry um, through having me around. So, um, so I started working there and um, th there are some things that are just so comical to me, but, you know, there were funny little things that like when they introduced me to the church, it was like, Hey, this is our intern, you know, very, my, very much emphasizing, like, this is not a permanent decision, you know, and she's here to work with our girls, you know, she will have no interaction with the young men of our church. I mean, they didn't say that explicitly, but that's kind of how it came across. It was we implied. have hired her. I mean, it was, I was the girls youth ministry right. intern was my title, you know? So it was like, that is where my influence will begin and end. And, you know, it's going to be, it's all going to be okay, people. She's not going to influence your teenage sons. <laughs> um, so, um, so that was kind of how it started. But honestly, at about four months in, I don't know what uh, God had done in their hearts, but they were like, this is working out great. We think that we should bring you on full time. And so I was like, fine with me, let's do this thing. So so I came on staff full time, which was great. Um, but even still, there was just a lot that we were trying to figure out. And I know that there were parents that had concerns and other people in the church that were like, are we, is this really a smart move, you know, and all of that. But I think thankfully, um, God's wiring of my, of me and my personality is um, I've just been able to for some, some reason, he has given me a confidence in my identity in him that has been this like quiet strength for me. And I'm not the type of person that I'm like, I'm going to pound and kick and fight down every door until it opens, gosh darn it, you know. But I, I am the type of person that I'm like, I'm going to be authentic to who I am and just be genuine and love people. And if that doesn't work, then I will go somewhere else, you know. And I feel like that's what I did. I just showed up and was a pastor and loved on those students and and was a great, you know, safe place for them. And and over time, again, because people got to know me, it was like, oh, there is value in having a female voice, a female presence. Jen loves Jesus and and has a gift to teach. So is that the worst thing if, if our teenage boys hear that from her? No, it's not, you know? And so uh, it just felt like this gradual, I feel like my 18 years in ministry, it's been like a gradual growth the entire time of just, you know, this door is shut currently, but now a year later, there's enough trust built and enough relationship built that, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll open that door. And that's happened time and time and time and time again. In ministry, and um, so it's been it's been really a, a fun journey. It's required a lot of patience, and it's required um, a lot of wrestling with the Lord about not taking things personally, <laughs> and not uh, not being dis. Well, I won't say I haven't been discouraged when people <laughs> um, are not where I'd like them to be around this topic. There has definitely, there's definitely been a lot of discouragement, but, um, but I do think that through it all, God has shown me how I can, how I can be an influence to help open more doors for women that are coming behind me. 
So that's been, that's helped me keep going. Speaking of influencing others, uh, how would you talk to someone who is opposed to women in ministry now about what kinds of things that they read in the Bible? How do you describe that to them and say, this is how I came to where I am um, based on, you know, despite what I read in the Bible? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, um, I mean, I, I have had those conversations and um, I, I won't say that I've always had like the perfect argument that every single time they're like, oh, of course, why didn't I see this for myself beforehand? You know, I think, I think as with most things in the Bible, you know, learning to read it through the lens of what is, what's God saying on a macro level and what do I really believe about his nature and, and, and in conjunction with that, what do I think about humanity and how God views us? And so, you know, it's easy to focus in, I think on scripture, in scripture on, you know, very specific things that we feel like are directives or this is, this is the do's and don'ts and that kind of thing. And, and that is tricky with women in ministry because there are a few passages that are very, uh, very pointed, I guess, and, um, and how women are discussed in the church in the new Testament. Um, but I think to scale back from that, um, and to look at more broadly at what God says about the church, the big C church, about what God says about, about, um, the humans that he's created in his image and in his likeness and the calling that he's given us and um, how we are his works and his masterpiece, you know, and we're created to bring him glory. I mean, that's true of everyone, despite, <laughs> you know, what gender you find yourself. Um, and so trying to, trying to pull people away a little bit from like the, the couple really pointed statements um, to look at the bigger picture, I think is helpful. I mean, I know that was helpful for me, but some of the other, the other thing that has just been really helpful for me through this whole journey is that when Paul talks about leadership, Christian leadership, uh, it, Christian leaders, he holds them like we are held to a very high standard, you know, and it's, it's not one that I think people should take on lightly. Um, but but some of those scriptures especially talk about the idea of authority and that women shouldn't have authority over a man and that that kind of that kind of language and for me the way that i have personally wrestled through that and the way that i've talked with other people about it is that ultimately authority is something in which we all find ourselves like all of us are under authority from someone else, whether it's, you know, in a very clearly defined org chart at the, you know, place that you work, um, or just because you are a human being who is, who is being led by the Lord, like you are under authority to him. Um, and so for me, as I've talked about my, my desire to be in ministry, my desire to be in ministry is, has never been um, driven or motivated by my desire or ambition for authority. Um, it has been driven by a love for the Lord and his people. And so I can easily talk about how, what my motives are in ministry, what my desire is. Like, I'm not in ministry to make a name for myself. I'm not in ministry to move an agenda, you know, or to, to push people um, to places that they're not ready to go, but my, but I am called to love people and love the, the, the Lord that I serve. And so I'm going to do that because that's who I am and who God has called me to be. And my authority is under him, you know? So even, and even in the churches that I serve in, I'm still under authority. And in most of those cases, that is to a man. <laughs> I'm hoping that that won't always be the case in the church. But I think the idea of authority, it needs to start with like, where does our, where does that relationship actually begin? And I know that my calling in ministry comes from the Lord and he is my ultimate authority. And so, um, so that's been one way that I've talked about it, because I think that goes back to some of like that fear that we talked about, that sometimes I think 
I think there was concern that my, and maybe it wasn't even me, but just that if we let women into ministry in general, then they're just going to, you know, keep, I don't know, doing things to usurp the authority around them, or they're, they just have an agenda. They're just trying to, you know, push feminism and all that kind of stuff. And, and there, I'm sure there are women out there and I don't, take issue with like, again, this is my wiring and who God has made me to be. There are other women that are pushing things and I applaud them and want to support them and cheer them on. But, um, but for me and my personal journey, I know that, that my ultimate authority is the Lord. And so I'm going to look to him and listen to his voice louder than people that might have concern about me in ministry. Yeah, that's great. Oh my gosh. I have so many questions. I'm like, Oh, this is so good. (laughs) Um, you mentioned that, you know, a lot of the spaces are, that where you serve mm-hmm. are under the, you know, uh, org chart, you know, that there's right. a man above you. And, uh-huh. and it, I've been around Atlanta for a long time and I've known uh, North Point Ministries for a while. And so the uh, I have seen a shift a little bit mm-hmm. of uh, of that. And I'll just kind of share this. Um, so. I, when I, after I left teaching and I was working at a Presbyterian church who they were very egalitarian, there was, uh, mm-hmm. there's women that preached like very regularly, at least once yeah. a month, if not more. Yeah. Um, and she was a huge mentor and support to me when I was deconstructing. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, if you have questions about women in leadership, like I'm your girl. <laughs> and she was fantastic. Um, but I, my original mentor was very complimentarian in that Mm. women compliment men, women cannot teach men, period. Yeah. And so that was kind of my first introduction into, uh, you know, the gender roles within Mm -hmm. the church. And so I was like, well, this is what I was taught. And so I can lead a small group of women, but I can never (laughs) do a co-ed thing or I'll never be able to like, you know, lead male volunteers or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I remember... Uh, I was going to a singles thing at Buckhead church and I heard that there was a woman that was going to be communicating that night. And I was like, excuse you. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I've never seen a woman on stage at any of these churches. Yeah. Um, I've never even seen women baptized. And I actually had the opportunity at one point to baptize somebody that I had been mentoring. And mm-hmm. so I had to go to pool school, mm-hmm. uh, which is what they call like to learn how pool to, school. you know, where to stand. And, yeah, How to dunk people. Yes, right. Exactly. And it's not like a theological thing. It's literally just like logistics. You stand here, yeah. they stand here. This is how they hold your arm, you know, to dunk them. And, uh, um, and at the time, and that was, gosh, probably six years ago when uh, I had this opportunity to baptize a mentee and, uh, uh, and they said, currently, only women can baptize women and men can baptize either. And uh, that has since changed in the last six years. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can kind of speak to the mm-hmm. arc of North Point Ministries and kind of your journey here mm-hmm. under. And we say North Point Ministries because it's kind of like a big umbrella organization with a bunch of campuses. So she's, mm-hmm. Jen, you're specifically at Buckhead Church, but right. you're also at North Point Community Church, <laughs> right. all of which was under the you know, the head, the, under the big umbrella of North Point Ministries. Right. Um, so can you share a little bit about, I guess, your journey? Cause you have made a huge impact mm-hmm. being on staff here in the organization. Yeah. I'm happy to share some of that. Uh, so fast forward, when I left that church in Houston, I got the opportunity to come work at North Point and I didn't know much about it, honestly, at the time. Um, but as I started here, I I think that, again, there was like so many good things about me starting in student ministry because, um, because we were able to fly under the radar a little bit, (laughs) truthfully. And, um, so pretty quickly here, I was given the opportunity to speak. And I think, um, the, the boss that I had at the time, phenomenal guy, still really appreciate him. And he, he was just like, Hey, this is clearly you have some gifting in this area and, um, I don't want to stand in the way of that. So, um, so I was given the opportunity to, to speak and communicate and teach, um, within student ministry. And then before too long, we got into that place where it was like, we're baptizing students and, and student world. And 
I mean, maybe it's still pretty similar in adults world as well. Like, you know, 80% of our baptisms were typically female. And it's like, why do we always have men doing this? You know, like feels like we could have somebody else do that. And so, um, so I got to start baptizing there and I think it just opened up, um, conversations in circles, you know, above me that I was not a part of, but, um, the more that, um, that I was able to do that, I think the more I began to see other doors open up. And again, I don't even know that, um, one of the, one of the great things about North Point Ministries is that we have very few like theological mandates that we all have to agree to. Um, we have some, you know, (laughs) um, but, but there's a lot of room for, uh, differing opinions. And there is a, a lot of room, like one of the best things that we say is that we have, we don't have policies, but we have conversations. And so we want with a lot of things to have conversations about it. And so I think that that has been pretty true about women in ministry as well. And so conversations have happened and, and more and more, I mean, I've been here 14 years and, um, there's still, I think room to grow, but, but so far I have definitely seen more things happen. So from women communicators that was happening all the time in student ministry. Now it is happening a bit more frequently on our main stages with adults. Um, baptism. I think that is a big one that women are, uh, whether you're baptizing a male or female, like women are allowed to baptize. And usually it comes down more to that environment or like what the relationship and the connection is. If it just makes more sense relationally, then, you know, pick the person that has the most relationship there. Um, So that's been really exciting to see and to be a part of. And, and I think more and more, I mean, the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm in a position where I'm leading all of our family ministry departments. That's, that's a big step too. I mean, I can remember when I was just over middle school becoming the middle school, the director of middle school. And I was the first female to do that. And that was, that was only like seven years ago. And now I go to the student ministry table and it's, very evenly split. It's like half women, half men. The room looks very different than it did even when I started um, in that room, you know, a few few years back. So, so I'm encouraged by the by the steps that we're taking and by the the opportunities that are um, that are coming. But still, room to grow for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been through an ordination ceremony of any kind? Yeah. So what was really interesting was that um, right before I left that church in Houston, that was like, yeah, you're going to only minister to the girls and you can't baptize and you can't teach and all that stuff at the beginning. They actually ordained me before I left, which was, I mean, and I was only there four years. So their swing in that four years was crazy and awesome. But so I was actually ordained there. And because I had been ordained North Point, um, recognize my ordination. So I haven't been ordained here, but we didn't even talk about ordination, but I have seen that really change um, in the time I've been here too. There have been a lot more women that have been ordained at, through North Point Ministries than than when I first was here. So, yeah. 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 That's, that's really great. That sounds like there's been quite a, um, a growth trajectory over the last decade or so. Um, I don't know how North Point is set up. Um, does North Point have elders, like a board of elders or something like that? Are there any women in that? Yeah. Group? <clears throat> um, there are not, nor are the, nor is there a female lead pastor um, at this point. So um, again, that's, that's where I'm hoping there will continue to be progress being made. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if you look at the org chart, there's a lot of... Uh... Uh, so the the lead pastor is male, but then the next direct reports, mm-hmm. not necessarily just, I'm not talking about the lead pastor's assistant, but also right. like the next like top dogs. The ministry leaders, the yeah. environments, yeah. The ministry leaders, the, the, the number twos in each campus, a lot of them are women. Mm-hmm. So you have really risen up being in student ministry, the, mm-hmm. then the director of uh, middle school and and moving up and now you are overseeing what is that four 
plus different environments, mm-hmm. yep. all, you know, of students and, and babies. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I am. And it's, um, it's been a great journey and I love, because that's been most of my time in ministry. I, I love, uh, focusing on the next generation and, um, think that there's, I just have so much passion around helping them, helping them find that faith of their own and, and really trying to build a foundation of faith that will travel with them through adulthood and through everything that comes their way. Um, so yes, that's been great. And I, and I feel, um, so much, um, freedom and I just feel like there's a lot of belief in me and in the partnership that we have here at, at our campus, um, in terms of the leadership here. So the lead pastor here is fantastic and we have a great working relationship and there's a couple other like key ministry leaders that the, um, that we meet together as we call it our directional team here at Buckhead church. And, um, and so it's a, it's a really great collaboration and great partnership. And, um, and I'm not the only female on that team either on the directional team. So, um, so that is a really great experience getting to, because part of what I think is challenging for women in leadership is that within the church is that sometimes it just, we have to work extra hard to get developed. Sometimes it's more challenging for us to get the, uh, I'll say the reps we need of having, you know, having the weight of leadership on our shoulders to really strengthen us, to be ready to step into those next seats and that when those doors open. Um, and so I'm, I feel like that's one of the cool things that I think God is, I'm beginning to see that he's using me here and it's so humbling, but you know, I, I'm looking around the organization and saying, okay, now, now it's my turn to, to be the mentor, you know, and to, to open up myself to younger women that are coming up in ministry and wanting to learn and grow in their own leadership and their own development and that kind of thing. And, um, so I feel like now I'm at a place where I'm actually being able to like champion the women around me and help them grow and develop. And of course it's on me to make sure that I'm also still seeking out development and growth personally, because I know I have not arrived anywhere yet, but just my, my straight up longevity of just plowing through and being like, we're going to keep putting one foot in front of the other and we're going to keep making strides and all that, you know, I think it's, it's worth it now that I get to empty my cup a little bit to women coming behind me, which is again, so humbling and really exciting to be in that kind of place now. That's amazing. And I love that, uh, like that paying it forward kind of mm-hmm. a, yeah. gosh, that was such a good movie. However, many years ago that was, um, but you have talked about how grateful you were to have different support throughout mm-hmm. each of these. Yep. Um, what does that look like for you in now trying to support and champion mm-hmm. and encourage women yep. in ministry to maybe the support that you wish you'd had or mm-hmm. or even just kind of this was exactly what I needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I love about my role the most is just the exposure that I have to all of our teams that lead these different departments and everything. And so I have you know, I have direct reports, but then there's also just a lot of women around me that I, it's not uh, strange or out of character for me to, you know, try to have one-on-ones with them and meet with them and just ask how they're, you know, just, just from more of a care perspective, you know, how are you doing in ministry? And I mean, this last year has been really nuts for everybody. So having, you know, just being able to provide a place for them to process and talk about, um, life and ministry and all that I think has been really helpful. But the great part of what I get to do is that I'm in a role where I get to be a developer, you know, and it's male and female. It's not just female, but, but I love that I get to come alongside women that are earlier into the ministry journey. And I just want to be a support for them in whatever way they need, you know? So if, so one of the things that I've loved is because, you know, I have um, some influence over, you know, what, what ministry looks like here at Buckhead, you know, I've been able to, 
nudge and encourage and, you know, kind of push some of my female colleagues to try things that they may or may not have felt super comfortable to do. Um, I can, I can hand over team meetings and say, okay, it's your turn to lead this today, you know, like just to give them opportunities to do that. Um, I, I, I feel like this is sort of a newer space for me and a category for me to think about, but I'm, I'm currently kind of just wrestling through like, you know, what would my role be um, for our church at large just to gather the women of our staff periodically for a time of um, encouragement, prayer, teaching, training. It could look like a lot of different things, um, but kind of exploring the possibility of what some of those things could look like. But I feel like in the seat that I am in now, the thing that I get to do is I get to be a champion of those women and I get to elevate them and give them opportunities that I know I wanted and that I was afforded by other, you know, other bosses and things that I've had over the years. But I'm now in that place where I get to offer that um, to other people. And it's super exciting to get to see them, you know, timidly say yes. And, oh, I don't know. And, you know, but I can coach them and walk with them through that and give them feedback and, um, give them the opportunity to try again if it doesn't go super great the first time, you know, I mean, like there's, there's just, I'm at a place where I have the influence now that I can do that. And so that's really exciting um, to me. In fact, I had a conversation with a coworker just last week who was kind of just trying to process through what, what would my next step be, you know, within North Point Ministries and what would I need to develop in order to be ready to say yes to that if the opportunity comes my way. And so I love having those kinds of conversations. It's it's so life-giving to me and it's hopefully really encouraging to, to them just to have, you know, somebody that they know is in their corner that um, really is for them and wants to help them be successful and, and keep developing who they are. That's wonderful. Sounds like you get to do a lot of incognito spiritual direction with your, <laughs> you with your colleagues. That. You could call it that. Yeah. Uh, I, I just heard somebody in another podcast that I don't even remember her name now, but she has her, her ministry and calling now is, is to do what she calls breaking through the glass steeple and which is, you know, kind of what you're doing, you know, you're, yeah. you're uh-huh. raising up uh, future women leaders in the church and, and helping elevate them and, and, you know, slowly but surely breaking through that glass steeple, which is really cool. Yeah, that's a cool mm-hmm. way to put it. I like that. And uh, you've done a lot of the hard work of, you know, pushing up against, you know, people that that don't believe your calling is your calling, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And and now you have made the path easier or are making the path easier for women to be able to not have to come up against so much tension in mm-hmm. those areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, I feel so fortunate that I've been able to do that. And it's, it's funny. My, my husband is phenomenal and a great um, leader. And one of the things that I've loved about him was that me being in ministry has never been an issue for him or a barrier or something that's been threatening or, you know, anything like that. And we talk pretty often about, you know, where, where I am and the challenges that I, you know, still face, not just because I'm a woman in ministry, but just because I'm in ministry and ministry Mm -hmm. is hard and gets messy and difficult sometimes. Um, and he, he read a book and it's now become a saying in our house that the obstacle is the way. (laughs) And it's just kind of this idea that, you know, the way forward is through it, you know, that the obstacle is actually the way to move forward. You know, you've got to figure out how to address it and work through it and get through it. And, and I feel like that, I feel like that has been, that has been my story in ministry. And I'm so grateful. Like now the, the way of my life in ministry has been in some ways hard fought, but it's also been such a rich journey, you know, that on, on this side of it, I wouldn't trade any of it, you know, and I've learned so much and I feel like the resiliency that I've built and, and just the, I, th- I think the thing that I love the most that I just hope I can hold on to, you know, is just my identity in Christ and how 
Because when when you've got that figured out, the rest of the the rest of the challenges don't matter as much. You know, when you know really who you are in Him, um, then you can walk with confidence, even when you face challenges, even when there are obstacles and hurdles and and all of that. And so, um, so I know that my life is not near over yet. Hope hopefully, <laughs> um, and there will be plenty more obstacles to come, whether about this or any other number of places in my life. But this, even this podcast is just such a, um, a rich experience for me to just have time to reflect on the journey that has been my time in ministry and to just get to see how much, to see my own growth in the mirror and who God has developed me into be because, because of those obstacles and because of some of those challenges. So it's pretty... It's a pretty good place to be. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Um, that. That's the kind of discussions we like to have here. It's been a, a rich experience for us as well to speak to you. Mm-hmm.